podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Movie Bar Podcast, the average movie podcast for average movie fans by average movie fans. The bar is now open. Welcome to episode number 57. I'm your host, Kyle. I'm Justin. And I'm John. How are you guys doing? Doing okay. Moving right along. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll move right along into housekeeping um, with a thrilling game of... Has Kyle seen it? Justin, you got anything for Has Kyle seen it this week? The Jean-Claude Van Damme masterpiece that I just stopped watching, or just finished watching. Bloodsport. I'm going to say yes on this one. I have a feeling. Through your father, probably. No, I just have a feeling. Kyle, have you seen Bloodsport? No, no, Fuck. not. See? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. It's worth a watch. It's based on true events that were nothing but a lie. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> this is very tangential news, but he's going to be a skin for Johnny Cage in the new Mortal Kombat game, so. Because originally he was. Yeah. Supposed to be. So finally it's come full circle. All right, Kyle. Uh, Justin, has Kyle seen California starring Brad Pitt and Juliet Lewis? No. No, I don't think he has. Kyle, have you seen California? I don't think there's even a chance of that. No, I really want to, though. I I do know it, but I have not. You do know it. That's good. That's a start. Knowing is half the battle. Yeah. Okay, G.I. Joe. You're darn right. Well, after another thrilling round, let's get into our discussion of the Fangoria 2023 Chainsaw Awards. Well, you might as well finish the rest of it since you stole my thunder there, killer. No. Oh, stepped on your duties. You're supposed to... Oh, it's in red, big guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, here are the results of the 2023 Chainsaw Awards that aired on <laughs> Shudder on March 21st, 2023. Oh, that would be um, May, but okay. Oh, uh, uh, what'd I say? March. <laughs> oh, May. I've had a rough week. Um, so for Best Wide Release Movie, the nominees were Barbarian, The Black Phone, Nope, Pearl, and X. This is the first time I've seen all the movies. And the winner was The Black Phone. Do you guys agree with that? I do. The Black Phone was really good. Justin, have you seen that yet? I haven't seen two of the movies on this list. Um, I've seen most of The Black Phone. They're pretty good. Yeah. Considering uh, um, it's Stephen King's son who wrote it. I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the other one you haven't seen yet? Uh, it's, uh, the two I haven't seen at all are Barbarian and Pearl. Yeah. Actually, no, I haven't seen Pearl yet. Damn it. Never mind. Uh, for best limited release movie, we have Orphan First Kill, Resurrection, Something in the Dirt, Terrifier 2, and Mad God, and Terrifier 2 took home the trophy. Um, 
I had only seen Terrifier 2, so, but it was a good movie, so. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of those. I've seen three of there them. There you go. Or no, two of them, two of them, sorry. All right. Well, best streaming premiere movie. We have Fresh, Hellbender, Hellraiser, Prey, A Wounded Fawn, and the winner was Prey, which is the only one on that list I've seen, but... Same here. It was a so, good movie. So it's I've seen three of them, but Prey's definitely the best. Right, John? Have you finished that yet, or...? <laughs> Yes, I did finish that. Remember, we made a big fucking yes, think about it. I know, I know. All right. Now for my favorite category, and John's, I'm sure. Best international movie. Hatching, The Innocence, Piggy, Solemn, and Speak No Evil, with your winner being Speak No Evil. Well, I haven't seen any of those. <laughs> no, Kyle, best. I kind of figured you hadn't. I, I haven't seen any of them either. I three of them I really want to see though. But um, for best first feature, we have Blood Relatives, Deadstream, The Sadness, Watcher, and then We're All Going to the World's Fair. And the winner was Watcher, which was a great movie. Um, I've seen that one. I've also seen Deadstream. I really like that. But didn't we cover Deadstream once? In a fresh from the stream. Um, that's the one where the dudes inside the house vlogging, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it came out right around Halloween time, I think. Um, for best lead performance, we got a bunch of them. Um, we have Anna Diop and Nanny, Isabel Furman and Orphan First Kill, uh, Mia Goth and Pearl, and I mean, I guess X by relation, um, Rebecca Hall and Resurrection, Daniel Kalua and Nope, Amber Midthunder and Prey, Micah Monroe and Watcher, Kiki Palmer and Nope, Josh Rubin and a wounded fawn, and then Taylor Russell and Bones and all. And the winner was Mia Goth and Pearl. I think that was kind of shooing. Um, she was great. Yeah. And that, especially. But, I mean, I would have. Isabel Furman was also great in The New Orphan. Um, but, yes. So, for best perform- supporting performance, we have Jamie Clayton from Hellraiser, Ethan Hawke from Black Phone, Justin Long from Barbarian, Madeline McGraw from The Black Phone. Jenna Ortega from Scream, Mark Raylance from Bones and All, Rachel Sonnet from Bodies, 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 Brittany Snow in X, Kristen Stewart from Crimes of Our Future, and Stephen Yen from Nope. Um, and your winner was Madeline McGraw, The Black Phone. Um, what, that's was a, that the little sister? Yes. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Ethan Hawke or Stephen Yun. Mark Rylance and Bones and All would probably... I haven't, like, I haven't seen that. Yeah, he's so. super creepy in it. Really good. But... So... Alright, well, next we have Best Director. We've got Zach Kreger, Barbarian, David Cronenberg, Crimes of the Future, Chloe Okuno, Watcher, Jordan Peele for Nope, Ty West for X with Jordan Peele winning for Nope, I don't know. I really uh, did not enjoy that movie, so I don't know. Um, yeah, Ty West, Ty West should have got it for X. Um, for best screenplay, we had 
C. Robert Cargill and Scott Derrickson for The Black Phone, Zach Kreger for Barbarian, Mia Goth and Ty West for Pearl, Jordan Peele for Nope, and then Seth Rice and Will Tracy for The Menu. And the winner was uh, C. Robert Cargill and Scott Derrickson for The Black Phone. Which, you know, I liked it, but I, I feel like I didn't like it as much as you guys or, like, these awards. Like, I probably wouldn't have picked all the stuff over it, but... Yeah, I mean... Nope was a unique story. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've seen the menu. I haven't watched Pearl yet. Barbarian was just too confusing. Was too so what? I would have gone with the black phone. A little confusing for me. But I, I, I didn't really like it, so. Um, all right. Kyle, you're hosting. Um, well, <laughs> do either of you have a big news story or new trailers you've seen? No, I actually haven't seen any new trailers this week. Yeah, there was I, a uh, Ray Stevenson there. He passed away there. Oh, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant to add that on the, um, what, what was he, uh, 60? 59? 58, 59? 59? Yeah, around there. Something like that. Um... And I feel like, I mean, it's kind of news, but the new Indiana Jones premiered. There's a bunch of, like, uh, cans going on right now. So there's a bunch of yep. premieres and all that, but it's not getting great reviews. So we'll see when that comes out, how it goes. Um, I have absolutely zero interest in that. Well, they Why? say it's the lowest rated one on Rotten Tomatoes, and I can't imagine something being worse than that Crystal Skull. Hey, thing, yeah, so. that's the crazy part. That doesn't speak highly of it. Mm. That was the only one I had ever seen in theaters, and I was disappointed. That one was the worst one. Like, I don't even ever watch that. I don't consider it one of those movies. Yeah. It's a trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, uh, I guess we're soon to be disappointed again, sadly. I kind of thought it was a shoe in to be really good, but I guess you never know. Well, nobody says you have to watch it, so... Well, yeah, but movie says you have to watch it either. But you have to if you want to know if it's good or bad. Yeah. True. Well, anyways, John, what movies have you watched this week? Oh, okay. Well, you know, we did have commencement this week, so that was a very busy day for me yesterday. I only got one movie in instead of two, like I originally planned. But um, I watched the original Friday the 13th. Um, it's been a while since I'd seen it, so I figured, what the hell? I watched, uh, Avenging Angel, the sequel to Angel. I had heard, um, Junk Food Cinema discussing it, and I was like, ooh, yeah, I should watch that. I watched Gremlins 2, The New Batch, also heard that on Junk Food Cinema and watched it. Um, I watched National Lampoon's Senior Trip. Um... Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Harold and Kumar escape Guantanamo Bay. Uh, the Town, which I'll talk about in a bit. The Departed. Uh, the Crush and Maximum Overdrive. And I am just finishing Blades of Glory. Nice, nice. Um, Justin? Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. So I watched Caddyshack 2. Only Caddyshack 2. Um, the Man which is the uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Eugene Levy. So funny. 
That movie doesn't get enough credit. That was funny. No, it doesn't. That, that's a funny movie. Um, watch nonstop. Maximum. Ooh, the drive. Lord of War. Which. That's Nicholas Cage, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I've seen that one before. That was pretty good. Um, yeah, that was it. Okay, what um, about you, Kyle? Yeah, I also haven't been busy. Um, I w- finally watched I Know You Did Last Summer. Um, oh. Yep. Um, Funny he watched it after suggesting it. Yeah. Well, he didn't suggest it because he wasn't here last week. Yeah, he suggested Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. I think that was my pick last week. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, and I watched Foo Fighters back and forth, and then Maximum Overdrive, and that's it. So. Oh, and I watched both seasons of Holliston, too. Nice, nice. Um, we'll move on to pick of the week. Justin, why don't you stop that? Start that one. So I will not stop. Alcoholic and world weary U.S. Air Marshal Bill Marks, played by Liam Neeson, lost his passion for his work long ago. Even though lives are potentially at stake during every flight, he sees the assignment as just a desk job. However, his ordinary day at the office becomes a high-stakes crisis during a flight to London. Marks receives a series of text messages demanding that he instruct the airline to transfer $150 million into an offshore account where a passenger will die every 20 minutes. Release date February 28, 2014. Director Jean Collet Uh This is a movie I think that every time I see it on, I go, ooh, I don't think I've seen that. And then 15 minutes mm-hmm. into it, I go, oh, I remember this movie. <laughs> Um, but it's fun because I have to figure it out again every time. So, <laughs> well, now you have audio proof and video proof that you have watched that movie. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so that's pretty good. Okay. Action vehicle. Yeah, I've seen that. It's a very fun movie. Um, I'll go second. My pick okay. of the week was oh, I, I want you back. Um, Peter and Emma, played by Charlie Day and uh, Jenny Slate, are total strangers. When they meet, they realize they are both dumped on the same weekend, and their commiseration turns into a mission where they uh, see their ex-partners and each of the see that each of their partners have moved on and into new romances. And you know, it kind of goes on from there. Um, I, I think they're both hilarious. I, I really like this. It's a good old rom-com. Came out last year. Um, came out February 11th, 2022, and it's directed by Jason Orley. Um, John, what is your pick? Well, my pick this week is The Town. Uh, Doug McRae, played by Ben Affleck, leads a band of ruthless bank robbers and has no real attachments except for James, played by Jeremy Renner, who, despite his dangerous temp- te- temper, is like a brother. Everything changes for Doug when James briefly takes a hostage bank employee Claire Kesey, learning that she lives in the gang's neighborhood, Doug seeks her out to discover what she knows, and he falls in love. As the romance deepens, he wants out of his criminal life, but that could threaten Claire. This was released on September 17, 2010, and directed by Ben Affleck. Great so, movie. Yes. Um... All right, well, we'll move on to our main topic, which is, you know, pretty different than all of those movies. Maximum Overdrive um, came out July 25th, 1986, directed by the one and only Stephen King. 
Uh, it has a runtime of one hour and 37 minutes. Uh, music composed by ACDC. And it was adapted from Trucks. It was distributed by 20th Century Studios, Larimar Television, D. Laurinaitis Entertainment Group. It had a box office of 7.4 million or 3.5 million North American. And it is rated R and it is not currently streaming anywhere. I looked it up on IMDb. It might be on Amazon. But if you anyway. buy it, yes. Okay. All right. We've got for the cast in this wonderful, wonderful movie. We have Emilio Estevez as Bill Robinson. Pat Hingle as Bubba Hendershot. Laura Harrington as Brett Brooks. Yeardley Smith as Connie. John Short as Curtis Spaulding. Ellen McElduff as Wanda June. J.C. Quinn as Duncan Keller. Poulter Graham as Deke Keller, Christopher Murney as Camp Loman, Frankie Faison as Handy, Seventh Patron, Pat Miller as Joe Barton, and Giancarlo Esposito as the pinball guy who gets Ooh. electrocuted at the beginning yeah. of the movie. He looks familiar. That makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so the movie starts off on July 19th, 1987. As the Earth crosses the tail of a comet, previously inanimate machines suddenly spring to life. So, you know, an ATM insults a customer, who is Stephen King. Um, and then I like the banner at the, at the top. It's just a yeah. fuck you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love what you know. he's saying. Hey, the ATM's calling me an asshole. <laughs> hey, honey, sugar darling. He has such, like, a strange-looking face, too. You kind of instantly know it's him. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, another one is a drawbridge rises during heavy traffic and some guy, you know, goes off of it. Um, all the vehicles begin to fall or collide and then chaos kind of sets in. As it's amazing machines. how physics just stopped working during that scene. <laughs> yeah. A lot yeah. of that, but. So what, what do you guys kind of think at the intro? Well, I was trying to figure out why the bank was saying fuck you, and then the ATM was calling him an asshole, but I, I caught on quickly. Did you know what it was about? No. No. Yeah. It, I'm glad they got, like, right into it, too. It wasn't, like, you know, waiting around for the machines. Like, it's the first scene, you know, they're already, mis- they're already, you know, coming to life. Yeah, and I didn't realize they were on a drawbridge until it started going up. <laughs> I just thought that. They were looking out on a highway or something. Yeah. But, you know, good opening. Right to yep. the point. I agree. So, Justin, no comment? I mean, it's like I said, it's it's, just, it's great. It's Stephen King. It, 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 it's very 80s. Yes. You yeah. know, I mean, the, everything about it. I mean, yes, obviously, it's made in the 80s and all that stuff. But, I mean, it, it's just... Very 80s. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, at the Dixie Boy truck stop just out of just outside of Wilmington, North Carolina, employee Duncan Keller is blinded after the gas pump sprays diesel in his eyes. An electric knife tries to injures the waitress Wanda June, and the arcade machines in the back room electrocute a customer. A cook and paroled ex-convict Bill Robinson begins to suspect something is wrong. Um, 
So how how'd you guys what you think of the Dixie Boy truck stop? It was so real that they actually had to put out ads in the paper to let truckers know that it was a movie set. <laughs> That's funny. And in here, it's also you get introduced to the um, the Happy Toys truck with the big green goblin face on it. Green goblin. Yep, Licensed straight up green goblin. Like, you know, that was pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently that truck is out still today touring with the yep. compounds and stuff like that, so that's pretty that's cool. cool. It's been refurbished. It was sold yep. several times. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Hey, the, the electric knife one was a little, a little silly. A little... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's a bit inconsistent because, like, we see, you know, oh, an it's ATM. heavily inconsistent. Yeah, and then we see I this, mean, and then at the end, it's you know, it's pretty much just trucks coming after him. And I mean, and, and I mean, at the beginning, yeah, you have you don't really know what's coming at the beginning. Yeah, but I mean, you have the ATM, and you have the bank sign, and you have the drawbridge. But as you learn later, what doesn't make any sense is that none of those cars. Yeah, like they, you know, they don't get. Taking control of. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, here coming up a little bit farther on, Lisa Simpsons doesn't get taken control of. Yeah. You know? So. And then, like, the arcades, like the cigarettes machine spitting out money and cigarettes, the, the uh, quarter machine spitting out quarters. And then there's a there's a machine gun shooting bullets, but there's nothing electronic in there. So how the hell is that shooting? Yeah, and they, they use those, so, too. You know. So. So. But you don't come to this movie for, you know. No, you don't. And and knowing that it was, you know, directed by a truly coked out Stephen King. Yeah. It excuses some of it. Yeah. You know, people ask, often ask him why he doesn't direct another movie, and he says, just look at Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but I, I thought he did good. But, I mean, I did think they did a good job of setting up, like, like the, um, uh, the, uh, gas station owner there as just being a complete utter piece oh, yeah. of garbage, you know, yeah. telling Emilio that he's, you know, you're going to work twice as many hours as that, you know, because you're on parole and all that. So, I mean, this, it, it, it definitely fits the, the ideal of a Southern Carolina mm-hmm. truck stop. Yeah. <laughs> How many of those did we encounter on our road trip, Justin? None, because we didn't drive through there. Well, I don't mean, I know we didn't drive through North Carolina, jackass. I meant yeah. truck stops like that. Like that little town we stopped in to make that call that day. Yeah. I was getting vibes like that. Watching well, this. it sounds uh, like nothing but trouble. Oh, that was like nothing but nothing because we were in Dakota at that point and there yeah. was nothing, nothing but nothing around you could literally drive through the town in like two minutes and all yeah. the houses and the main street and the one gas station yeah so all right so now here we go this is where it starts to really get fun I love this scene um, they cut over to the little league where you got you know the game ended up Team one, and coach says, I'm going to go get everybody some sodas. <laughs> and he puts in his money, and he takes one rocket right to the crotch. I mean, that. 
I love this scene. I remember watching. I've I've seen this movie. I can't even begin to tell you how many times since it came out. But um, I, this is the this is the scene I remember all the time because you know he, he just takes that first one right to the junk, second one to the head, and you get all the kids running away. Mm-hmm. You get to getting pelted with cans. So much fun. And then you got the uh, the steamroller comes rolling out onto the field there. Yeah. Going over all the, the, going over the field, chasing the kid, runs over that one is laying down injured. Apparently, it got cut. Part of it got cut because he wanted to have, he had like a, a bag of fake blood that it was going to have puncture. So as it would get on the drum and just keep leaving a big red splotch in the field. But when he, when it ran over it, it exploded, so it made it look like the dummies and the kid's head would have just gone kaboom when the sensors didn't want it. Well, they would have. I mean, jeez. <laughs> I know, and that's what would happen, and that's what if he said it would have. It looked great, but sensors wouldn't have it. So, damn you, sensors. <laughs> uh, but yeah, one kid, he still manages to escape on his bike. Get down. Get down, get down. <laughs> Um, then we have newlyweds Connie and Kurt stopping at a gas station when a tow truck tries to kill Kurt, but he survives. And then he and Connie escape in their car. Uh, then we see Deke again riding through town, and we kind of see, you know, the aftermath of all the chaos where humans and pets were brutally killed by, you know, lawnmowers, chainsaws, electric hair dryers, pocket radios, you know, there's the RC car in the dog's mouth, and then ice cream truck, of course. Um, and... How the, the scene with the lawnmower I liked because I didn't I wasn't expecting it to start up kind of got me a tiny bit but yeah. how long did yeah. it take you to realize that was Lisa Simpson? Uh, I did not. Well, I did. He says Kurt says eat my shorts at one point, so I thought it was Simpson's son, but I didn't realize it was Lisa. Yep, that is Lisa Simpson. She is not. She does not own up to this movie. Apparently, she's embarrassed by this movie. <laughs> At first, I was thinking it was the uh, mother from that '70s show, Kitty Foreman. Yeah, I and thought then, that too. And then I, then I was like, "Oh shit, that's the lady that plays Lisa Simpson." Yep, Lisa, Lisa. I mean, I've only probably seen one other movie that she was in, The Chaperone. But you know, once I realized it, like the voice, it was the voice that gave it yeah. away. So. Well, we're back at the Dixie Boy, and a garbage truck kills Duncan, and a truck sporting a giant green goblin mask on its grill runs into a Bible salesman, Camp Loman, who has picked up a drifter and stopped at this um, gas station and sends his body into a ditch, but later... Several of the big rigs encircle the truck stop. I was wondering what they were doing. I thought they were leaving, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, they're just circling the, the grounds. <laughs> Gotta circle them wagons. Yeah. All right. So meanwhile, you get Connie and Kurt pursued by a semi-truck. Managed to outmaneuver it at a sharp turn, causing it to crash off the side of the road. And then they uh, arrive at the truck stop and see the situation. Kurt realizes they are safer in the fortified Dixie Boy than out in the open. They try to pass between the trucks, but the car is hit and overturned. 
Yeah. Um, then we have Bill and Brett Graham, a hitchhiker, rush to help them, but the trucks then attack them, and then the odor Bubba Hendeshot uses an M72 Law rocket launcher that he had stored in his bunker, um, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and the bunkers, you know, hidden under the diner, um, but he uses a rocket launcher, and then uh, Deke makes it to the drug shop le- later that evening, and uh, tries to enter via the sewers, but it's obstructed by a wire mesh kind of covering. Um, and then that night, the survivors hear Loman screaming in a ditch, and Bill and Kurt sneak out to help him by climbing through the sewers. Um, so Deke finds Loman and believes that he is dead, but he suddenly jumps up and attacks Deke, you know, grabs onto him. Bill and Kurt rescue Deke and... A truck chases them back into the pipes. Um, so what did you guys think of, the, you know, the rocket launches and all the shit that he's got hiding down in his basement? Very That's convenient. Probably one of the most believable parts of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. That's that's kind of the, the type of guy they set him up to be at the beginning. I mean... With his whole, you know, you know, he knows the guy's on parole, so what's he gonna say? He just seems like that kind of dirtbag. So yeah. That, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Then the next morning, you get the bulldozer and platform truck driving up to the truck stop. Hendershot uses the rocket launcher to blow up the bulldozer, but platform truck doesn't like that. <laughs> He's got a post-mounted machine gun on it, and it just tears Hendershot to pieces. He's done. Kills a couple other people, including Wanda. Uh, truck then demands via Morse code, because yes, just because it's a military truck, it understands Morse code. <laughs> um, <laughs> coked out dream. Coked out dream. Um, the humans pump the trucks some diesel in exchange for their lives. I mean, convenient that the kid shows up just in time to pick up on the Morse code. Mm-hmm. It's pretty less. sad. All those adults that the kid picked up the Morse code. Yeah, all those adults. And you, you got to figure one or two of them are military before. And there's always one or two, especially back then. Um, so, yeah, that, yeah. And how about the waitress screaming, we made you, you can't do this, we made you. Yeah, I mean, she's crazy, she's, yeah. Yeah, those, the way she said that was hilarious, too. She tried yeah. to stop waitress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely losing her mind. Well, the survivors are soon realizing their own machines have enslaved them. Bill suggests they escape to a local island just off the coast in which no motorized vehicles are permitted. While the crew is resting, Bill theorizes that the comet is actually a broom operated by interstellar aliens and uses Earth Earth machines to destroy humanity so the aliens can repopulate the Earth. So when they're all pumping the gas... And this thing is like, he's talking to the machine gun. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm out of gas. Hold on here. So, and then the other truck's like, 
like kind of nudging him towards the the hole to put the gas in. Like the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Gets a little crazy sometimes. Yeah. But during this fueling operation, Bill sneaks a grenade onto the platform truck, destroying it. Then leads the party out of the diner via sewer hatch to the main road, just as the trucks demolish the entire truck stop. The Green Goblin truck pursues the survivors to the docks, managing to kill Trucker Brad when he falls behind. And when the ice cream truck appears, Brett and Kurt shoot it, and it gets destroyed. After Bill destroys the truck with a direct hit from a rocket shot, the survivors then sail off to safety. I mean, the whole movie is a fever dream, so it doesn't yeah. surprise me that the ending just kind of turns into one. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, he got greedy. You know, he shouldn't have been going for that ring. If he didn't go for that ring, he'd still be alive. <laughs> you know? that That's the deep message that Stephen King wanted to portray, uh, is yeah. don't steal. Yeah, I mean, that was a nice-looking ring. I mean, yeah, it was. I just would have grabbed it and fucking ran, not stared at it for 20 minutes. <laughs> so um, I think... Yeah. Well, the problem is, too, if it, the aliens are going to wipe out all the life on Earth, then that ring ain't going to mean shit anyway. Exactly, exactly. Um, we then get a title card epilogue that explains that two, late, two days later, a UFO was destroyed by a Soviet weather satellite that was conveniently equipped with a Class 4 nuclear missile and a laser cannon. So, you know, that is what it is. And then six they days have later... a little bit of that red panic in there, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Six days later, Earth passes out of the comet's tail, and the strivers are still survivors. Woo-hoo! And we get, you know, ACDC at the end again. Oh, the use of ACDC. Clap. Yeah. That's know. because... He literally went to ACDC, and to get them to do it, he sang an entire song for them off of one of their albums. Like, <laughs> went through pillar to post. That's funny. Yeah. And not one of their, like, radio songs, like... The Deep Cut. One that I don't even know. <laughs> well, uh, what did you guys kind of think of the setting? I think that was perfect for this movie like mm-hmm. you know if it was anything but monster i mean um you know trucks it wouldn't have really worked anywhere else yeah um you know obviously i picked this after we watched the mist because i never yep. seen it but mm-hmm. it is you know essentially the mist just truck st- truck stop themed you know yeah oh yeah the mist Which i think really grocery store the yep. maximum overdrive and a gas station and, mm-hmm. you know, like, especially the middle of nowhere. Yep. Like, well, kind of trapped there. Nothing scarier than the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then how about, like, you know, the effects and stuff and the production oh, the, design and all that? The effects were awesome. Like, you know, the dude's face after the can attack. Yep. Like... <laughs> fucking big circle right over his face <laughs> and you know the um blowing up the trucks like the toilet paper truck yeah you know i guess i wish there was a little bit more crazy stuff in it but like we already said like sensors kind of got to it a little bit but yeah i, like I mean they're gonna they're gonna knock it down a little bit 
I mean, again, there was some silliness. Like, I mean, the whole, the arm with the electric knife, like, and then, mm-hmm. like, he comes over to save her and, like, basically practically throws her up on top of the hot grill. Yes, I saw that. Like, having half her arm on the grill. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, but again, 80s. I did notice that, and I was like, yeah. okay, okay. I'm not going to. I mean, go ahead. I thought, uh, Justin, you go. Sorry. I was just going to say, it was just, you know, that, and then, like, when the, uh, Green Goblin truck initially, like, drives itself off, Mm -hmm. and, like, I'm sorry, but there is no trucker in the world of stereotypical truckers who's going to see his truck suddenly drive off from where he once (laughs) left it with the keys in his pocket and not go, Holy shit, who's stealing my truck and be running down to chase it down. And yeah. probably pulling a gun or some form of weapon from his belt to yeah. deal with said. It was asshole. a toy truck driver, so. <laughs> no, they're, you know, they still, cause I mean, it, it, the toy truck's gonna get robbed just the same as everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, so. But, so yeah, I, I don't, that, there was some, some slight flaws in the logic, but. Um, I also, um, like in the scene where they, you know, the cutter goes off. I think it's funny, like, his first reaction is to save her. Like, he destroys it with a hammer. What I think is really funny if, like, you know, something malfunctions where they instantly destroy it. Like, it was kind of before they kind of realized what's going on and they treat it like it's haunted. Like, everybody just essentially treats it like it's haunted, which I thought was funny. I just think that, like... He should have, like, instead of just immediately smashing it, he should have done what, you know, 99.9% of us, I think, would have done, which would have been grab it and turn it on and turn it off and look at it and turn yeah, it around yeah. and then turn it on and then turn it off. And then <laughs> yeah. like, what's going on with this thing? <laughs> okay, but when it, when it raises up, then turns, goes for her arm, like, you know something's up. And then on the ground, it started like moving again, like. Yeah, but it's. It's I a mean, are you knife. if if that happened to you, would you assume? Oh, my knife's haunted. If like it it cuts you and you're like not sure what's going on. Dude, I'm the same guy that found dolls in his ceiling. Of That's course, true. I would assume that it's haunted. <laughs> so. But I I mean all around the effects in this movie, badass. Mm-hmm. It was the 80s. Yep. Um, I mean, I think we kind of agree the script and dialogue and acting is, you know, a little all over the place. Like we said, Coke Dove Fever Dream. Yep. Yep. But uh, (laughs) what do you guys kind of think of, you know, do you have a favorite kill? Oh, my favorite kill is the soda machine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like no. that one too. I do like when the the Green Goblin truck hits him at the end. I just thought that was really funny. It's like the vital yeah. showdown, and the fact that he had all that space between him and the truck. Yeah, yeah. Like Constantly. you didn't hear the, you know, starting <laughs> up and then it was a giant truck. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like he hadn't seen that already that day. Yep. Or the day before. Like, yeah. Okay, it's driving itself. Got to go. Bye. Mm-hmm. So. Um. And what about the length? I feel like it's perfect. Yeah, 
Another hour and a half, baby. Yep, can't beat it. You know, it, it, you got everything that Stephen King wanted you to see. Mm-hmm. The title cards helped at the beginning, and the title card helped at the end. Yep. I um, think if they had showed him on the island, that would have been a little overkill, but... Yeah, I'm glad it ended where it did. We didn't need to see, you know, anymore. Um, do you recommend this movie? Yes. Of course it's Stephen King. Yes. All things Stephen King deserve to be recommended. Yeah. They're all different, but they're all equal. And what do you think about a s- sequel or a reboot, or do you think that'll ever happen? I'd love to see somebody redo this. Yeah. Yes. Who? Who, though? Who, who do you think could handle this? Do you have a director in mind? I feel like Jordan Peele could do a good, like, technology taking over thing. Mm-hmm. He usually does stuff like that, especially with AI stuff going on. You know there'll be a bunch yeah. of AI horror movies coming out, and that's kind of similar to this. So, I think Joe Lynch could do it. Yeah. You know, you look at um, Point Blank and, you know, Mayhem and some of his other movies. Mm -hmm. I I think he could handle this and make it a good one. Yeah. I'd just like Stephen King to take a not-drug-fueled attempt at it so we could actually see what he wanted it to be. (laughs) Sober Stephen King. But then... They could do a sequel. Yeah. Aliens come back and you follow the uh, Emilio Estevez and the girl. And you never know you what know, can happen. It's like, oh, crap, this is happening again. <laughs> um, all right, John, what's your rating? I give it four mugs. Four mugs. Justin? You, are, you, went, you went higher than me. No, I'm just kidding. I went four. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> I would probably do 3.5, but, you know, it's highly recommended from us as a 5.4 in IMDb, a 15% of Rotten Tomatoes, and a 2.6 in Letterboxd. Um, you know, it's not this acclaimed movie, clearly, but, you know, it's still worth your time. Um, hey, sometimes the worse a movie looks, the more entertaining it is. Exactly. Yeah. And with that, the bar is now closed. Hold on. Before we close, next week covering the 2023 summer movie previews. We're going to break down all the movies coming out this summer and give it one from the three of us. Nice. Okay. Now the bar is closed. Now the bar is closed. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us to stay up to date with the podcast at the Movie Bar Pod on Twitter, at Movie Bar Podcast on Instagram, at Movie Bar Pod on YouTube, and at the Movie Bar Podcast on Facebook. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and most places you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to check out our website, www.moviebarpod.com. Thank you for listening. Please let us know what you want to hear by contacting us on social media or via email at themoviebar.outlook.com. Please be sure to like, review, subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Have a good time.